Do you have the business you want, or is it driving you crazy? A recent survey said 70% of business owners are dissatisfied with some aspect of their business. That's why we created Driving Biz, the number one source of business information. We have the leading experts from around the world as guests each week. So enjoy and love your business. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today. Her name is Lisa Perez, and she's a USA Today best-selling author and the founder and president of HR Consulting Company, HBL Resources, Inc., HR support and training membership program, the complete manager makeover and national management training week. She is on the mission of transforming the human and human resources. As a member of SHRM, she holds two nationally recognized HR certificates and her firm is designated as an approved provider of recertification credit programs from both the SHRM and the HRCI. Now, throughout her 30-year HR career, she has won two 2020 American Business Awards. You know, she's amazing in all these things, and I'm not going to go on with that because I want her to tell me more from her mouth, not mine. Be my Welcome, own. Lisa. Thank you so much, doctor. Like, uh, it is a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. But you got to get in that craft geek part. I'm, I'm above all of that stuff. I'm a craft geek at heart. <laughs> well, you know, that's the real human part, isn't it? Yeah. The yeah human sure. And the human resources, because you really need to get the human going on. Otherwise, what is business about? Do we work to live or do we live to work? Exactly, exactly. And I think sometimes people lose sight of the fact that, you know what, I'm going to show up to work as a human first, as my innate person, right? That individual self uh, before I'm your employee, your worker, your friend, your colleague. Uh, I show up as an individual first, that human. So how did you get into HR and why does it resonate with you so much? Oh, wow. Thank you for that. Uh, you know, I actually fell into human resources in my early 20s. I didn't even know it was a thing. I was a, a legal secretary out of high school and college, wanted to do what mom wanted to do, but it just didn't uh, resonate for me personally. I love a perfect mix of people and, and managing and dealing and connecting with people, but also the, the gift of administration that I have. And that just didn't, you know, bode well for both of those pieces when I literally fell into to HR, it was the perfect balance of people uh, to challenge my personality and to keep me connected with others, but also the paperwork, which constantly changed uh, as the laws changed. It was there was there's never been any caught up, and there's never been any stagnant <laughs> point at my in my human resources career. So, given that, I had found my niche uh, early on, and I'm glad to. What are you. the biggest challenges in HR today? You and I read the news. What do you perceive them to be? 
Absolutely. So, you know, there's no getting around the fact that COVID has changed the game in terms of how people want to show up for work uh, or not show up for work, right? The remote workforce and everything that that brings to the table, not only managing individuals without being able to necessarily, you know, shake hands with them in the morning and and rub elbows and be at the water cooler. That creates an interesting dynamic uh, for workforces in terms of how we create culture, engagement, connectivity, uh, but also what that remote workspace is going to look like and what are my responsibilities as a business? How do I reach into that remote workspace and say, you know, do they have the tools, the equipment? Are they connected? Do they have the resources? What happens if they slip and fall at work and they happen to be at home? So we'll see a lot of those, I think, issues come to the forefront and be resolved in the next year or so, I think. What's going on with the great resignation? nation. What's going on there? Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know that that's been uh, as as different as in years past, you know, uh, one of my focuses is reducing the statistic that employees, uh, 60% of employee workers say that they're leaving their managers poor performance, uh, not their company. So I don't know that we've had major shifts, uh, necessarily, because we've had a lot of that quitting, we hear quiet quitting as well. It's just another word for disengagement, in my opinion, which we've been talking about for a long time. Uh, but yes, people are definitely disengaged. And I think that whole quiet quitting and the great resignation, it's not changed. I think it's just come to the forefront a little bit more in, in the recent couple of years. And what about quiet quitting? What is that about? Yeah, quiet quitting, like I said, is is that disengagement, right? If we cannot engage our uh, workforce, our employees, those who we work with and for, uh, then they're not going to have that. I, I like to say they they don't grow roots within our organizations and how we onboard individuals, how we orient them to our uh, organization, our culture, the culture of the organization really makes the difference between whether they're going to be a long-term player for us and uh, be vested in our mission and make it part of their mission, right? Uh, To be able to contribute in a way that matters. And I think that's what we're seeing. What am I doing, right? That, that, uh, Maslow's theory of hierarchy, what am I here for? If we cannot really tap into that for a team member, uh, an employee, whatever you call them, uh, then we're going to have that disengagement. We're going to have that quiet quitting because I may be showing up uh, from nine to five or 10 to seven or whatever the hours are, but am I really engaged and vested in what it is that I'm doing? And it's really up to the employer to make sure that employees know why they're here, why they matter to the organization, and that they've got that employee doing the right things, right? Nothing worse than putting someone who's outgoing and wants to talk to people all day behind a computer all day, much like I was as in, in that legal secretarial world, right? We've got to make sure that we're, you know, uh, using the employee's talents, uh, and gifts and abilities to how they want to be used um, as well. That, you know, round peg and round hole phenomenon hasn't changed in decades. So So how can we help managers manage better? 
Oh, absolutely. Well, that's about my mission, right? It's it's training. I'm not a big believer in, quote, bad managers. I believe that they're untrained managers and they just don't know how to do things differently. Listen, let's face it. Managers have to have tough conversations. Sometimes those conversations are uh, letting someone go uh, because of no other reason than uh, maybe a layoff situation like we saw in COVID. Those are tough conversations to be had. Improving performance, those are tough conversations. You didn't get the promotion, tough conversations, but equipping our managers correctly with training and development opportunities to help them have those tough conversations confidently, that can be a big game changer, not just for your employees, but for your managers as well to equip them and scale them and tool them in that way to be ready for those conversations because they can be had. We can still deliver the tough conversations, ensuring the employee walks out of their office with their dignity intact. Now, you've written a book on management, did you not? I have. uh, The Complete Manager Makeover is its title, Transforming the Human and Human Resources is its subtitle. And it's all about not just the human resources compliance, which every manager of people needs to be aware of, but also how to have those conversations, what to say, what to do. It's not just, you know, a book for HR people, but really all HR uh, managers of people, if you will, because it really can provide a desk reference when going into some of these tough conversations, those interviews, those performance management conversations, the performance evaluation conversation, and even, you know, the separation conversations as well. Well, that, that's, those are things. What other things do you have in that book of yours? Oh, well, there's quite an appendix as well that provides our readers with information like the kinds of questions to ask during interviews, uh, uh, the type of, you know, engagement opportunities that we have with our team members. I like to, you know, coin the phrase rap session. Let's just get together and talk, right? Let's go take a, uh, you know, water cooler break or coffee break or in this day and age, let's get on a Zoom call for morning coffee together and, and chat about how's it going at work? How's it going at home? How can I support you personally and and professionally, but also how am I doing as your manager? I think sometimes we fail as managers to want to have our own uh, mirror, right? That 360 feedback. What can I be doing better so that I can show up as the best uh, leader in the organization? Obviously, it also talks about um, you know, the performance evaluation conversation, we created a prides model of interviewing. And so that helps managers or readers go through all of those uh, different points of an uh, effective and legal uh, interview conversations so that they can walk out knowing I'm not just hiring my best friend because we got along so great. I actually have the insight to know can they do the job? Uh, should I hire them? So it's chock full of everything most uh, managers of people need to know for the entire employee life cycle. Okay, let's get more into what you do in your corporation. How do you help businesses? So much of what we do is focused on the complete manager makeover and its curriculum. So the book was really uh, is excerpt from a curriculum that has uh, six modules, typically four hours each because they are workshops. We go into organizations and help their managers, leaders, and even supervisors uh, put these skills and tools to work, practice those tools, really talk about the systems and processes in that organization and how they might be improved 
through some of the best practices that this course brings to the table. It really does the job of skilling and equipping those managers in those tough conversations. That's really the most important, I think, focus for our firm. But we also offer human resources consultation as well, whether that's picking up the phone because you just have a question regarding your employer, your business, but we also do HR administration and audits and assessments to make sure that your function is working optimally, efficiently, effectively with the best practices uh, that are out there in mind. That's great. Tell me about those modules you have. Sure. So the first module is effective and legal interviewing. We really, like I said, take our prides model, which is uh, proprietary to us and talk about what it is that you can do in that interview conversation so that you know that that candidate is the best candidate for the job at hand, that you've asked the right questions to garner their experience, but also talk to their accomplishments and allow them to articulate why they're interested in you as well. I always say uh, interviews are not a one-way street. (laughs) That's actually the title of the first chapter, in fact, uh, or the second chapter rather, because interviewing is where that employee life cycle really begins. And that's an important part to be considered. The second one is regarding training. You know, we all learn differently, Dr. Like, I'm sure you can imagine how many different people uh, might learn better you know, through hearing something, some through reading, some just want to do it, right? Get me, get, let me just get in there. And so the second module of the course talks about training. How do we train adult learners? What are some of the barriers to that training that we've got to, you know, consider so that we are creating and developing a a training process that really speaks to any kind of learner? And that's, uh, you know, a a lot of course we actually... Give our participants an opportunity to train someone else in something, whether it's ironing a shirt, tying a tie, cooking an omelet. I, I've seen quite a bit <laughs> during the uh, facilitation of that uh, particular Uh, module. And then the third module is performance management and performance evaluations. How do we give feedback so that we're building someone up and not tearing them down so that they have an interest in doing better and not be discouraged that they can't. So performance management and uh, evaluations is the third module. And, you know, the fourth module, it used to be called alphabet soup. So you can just imagine it's now called looking at the legalities, right? ADA, FMLA, EOC, there's so many letters. I wonder it's alphabet soup because it is. <laughs> it is alphabet soup. And so oftentimes it's important to tie what it is that they're learning to the laws that really require that learning to occur. It's not just because human resources says I have to do it that way. There's a law behind that. And it's important that managers of people are aware uh, how they can trip those wires and get themselves and their organizations in, uh, you know, some, some hot water potentially. And then the last two are really focused uh, on that human element in a major way. It's the DISC model of human behavior. So it's personality and behavior styles and 
how we can build rapport with one another, whether it's an employee, a colleague, or, a, you know, a, a, a boss, a leader of our own. And then multi-generational workforces, the final, uh, the sixth module, working with all of these generations coming together in the workplace, bring some nuances uh, of themselves. We have a lot of commonalities, and that's what I bring to the table with our particular uh, focused approach on the generational diversity conversation. You know, is being a manager in 2023 and beyond more challenging than ever? I think it is, especially as you see the shifts happening with the workforce. You see, you know, back in, in, I guess, you know, my day, it was don't ask me about, you know, salary and benefits in the first interview. And now that's kind of the expectation is that we do talk about that up front. Uh, so I think from a practical application, but also a lot of the uh, demographic shifts that we're seeing, the global population, right? That's not, that hasn't been around recently. That's been on, that's been, uh, around for a long time, but it's much more prevalent now because of obviously the shift to this remote work environment, which we actually are seeing uh, some benefits to in terms of increased productivity. It doesn't work for every organization, but it it should be navigated for the positions that it it is appropriate and available for. Yeah, I think productivity does work. But then work-life balance is a hard thing then, because when your computer's in your face and in your lap all the time, it's very easy to transcend what's work and what your home life is. Agreed. Agreed, Dr. Leica. And, you know, I, I kind of use the terminology work-life integration, right? I might be able to, you know, swipe a, an email or respond to an email real quickly as I drive to dinner with my spouse, right? It's integrating so that uh, we we have a broader approach in terms of when we can do work provided that we're doing so within, you know, the wage and hour limitations, uh, depending on if you're hourly or, or, or manager. Uh, but I think that we see it as an integration rather than a balance. Uh, you know, I've been, like you said, in 30 years, I don't know that I've ever seen that strict balance so much. Uh, it really is a culture conversation within organizations who really put that balance to the forefront and, 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 both in the culture and the subculture, right? Uh, the culture says, oh, absolutely. We work, you know, our 40 or 50 hour workday and we don't expect anything more. Uh, but it also has to be in the subculture that says we're not going to get looked at as we're, you know, going out the door at 5.30 on a Friday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so it really has to be in the fabric uh, of, of the culture of the organization to really strike that balance. But I think we're seeing the integration a lot more now. Okay, Lisa, How can businesses be fantastic? How can people have fantastic business? You know, I think that word engagement is is really what it's all about. Uh, My tagline with HBL Resources has been improving performance through engagement. And that engagement could be of your people. That engagement could be of your policies and processes. Make sure that they are 
the most effective, efficient, uh, you know, that they are, they are fine tuned to create uh, a smooth operation, not just for the business owner, but for the employees that work the processes. And that engagement could be, uh, you know, the, the training and development of our people, making sure that they are aware of how they uh, contribute to the mission of the organization, right? And, and how do they put their own stamp on what it is your business is doing? That's a huge, huge question, but one that has, I think, some, some common uh, fundamentals in terms of how are we doing business? How are we treating our, our team members, our, our employees, those who work with and for us? And uh, that, that's what it's all about in terms of having a great organization. What is your culture saying? How are you treating your people? Because at the end of the day, uh, you don't have a business without people. If you've got, you know, uh, it, more than just a one-off, uh, you know, entrepreneur, solo, solopreneur, if you will. What is the best investment a business can make today? You know, coming from the perspective, you know, Benjamin Franklin says uh, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. And I think that when we do train our team members, our employees, our managers, uh, not just to do the job that they do, but to really look at them from a holistic perspective, the entire person. How can I provide personal skills as well as professional skills? Uh, are we doing financial literacy classes uh, for those who might not have that in their personal wheelhouse, if you will? So not just looking at the the what the business needs in terms of that development, uh, but also that individual human need as well. So I would say uh, the investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Training and development, it, it doesn't always have to cost. There's not always a financial investment. There are so many resources out there uh, that are free uh, to the public, our library systems, um, you know, uh, LinkedIn Learning, most library organizations can, you know, I know here in Florida, they do. If you've got a library card, you can tap into LinkedIn Learning uh, free, complimentary access. And so uh, Chambers of Commerce have education, our libraries have Microsoft courses. So I think that uh, the investment in knowledge uh pays the best interest as Benjamin yeah. Franklin. And, and I think the other thing that really pays, which you already said, is the investment in people where people are thought of as as total people, not just working people, that you yeah. take into account who they are and really help them become better individuals, not only better workers. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's where that human element comes. And that's why that mission of transforming the human and human resources, right? They show up as an individual first before they ever show up as a worker, a colleague, a payroll clerk, or whatever role that they, you know, uh, play for your organization. We're people first. And that needs to be addressed and spoken genuinely. Yeah. And why do people not realize that? Why do businesses not realize that? 
I think, you know, I, I just don't know, which is why I'm on this mission, right? To inform them, right? This is not a new conversation, Dr. Laika. You know, 30 years ago, we were talking about uh, many of these same uh, skill sets and, um, you know, to, to improve the organizations. Total quality management talked about the analytics, but it also talked about the people resources that you needed to get those uh, quality processes in place. Uh, so I, I'm just not 100% sure. I just know I'm, I'm on the mission to continue to spread that message uh, and drill it down so we can you know, improve that statistic. Uh, and and it, it shouldn't be about managers and their behavior that has turnover so high. Um, business has to see, I mean, look at the Fortune 500 and even 100. We see where there's high engagement, where there's um, positive corporate culture, where there's engagement of their people, where there's learning and development, where there's diversity and equity and inclusion processes that we see them uh, with high performing uh, revenues, uh, right? I mean, uh, the statistics are everywhere. They're out there. And I think that we can, we need to continue to highlight uh, those best uh, case scenarios and, and continue to focus on what we attribute that to the way we treat and manage and uh, focus on our people. How can people find out more about you and your mission, Lisa? Thank you so much. Uh, so uh, we can be found at hblresources.com. That's the HR consulting parent company. Uh, the training and development arm can be found at thecompletemanagermakeover.com, uh, the title of the book as well. Uh, I can be reached at lisa at hblresources.com. That's direct to me uh, to have any further conversations. And uh, if anyone wants to call and have a conversation, I'm happy to do so as well at 954-249-1202 so that we can engage with one another and see how we can support their individual missions. Lisa, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it very much, Dr. Laika. Again, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with you and your uh, participants today, your listeners today. You're welcome. And ladies and gentlemen, go to my website, drallenlaika.com, D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Laika, L-Y-C-K-A.com, and get a golden pearl each and every week because that will help you have a fantastic life and a fantastic business. Bye for now and have a fantastic day. We hope you enjoyed Driving Biz, where you get the advice of the leading experts of the world. If you want more, you need to join the number one community for business owners, nobull.biz. And for a limited time, you can join at a discounted rate. To learn more, go to nobull.biz.